stepping back and stroking to Bogdanovich, thinking about a three. There it is. Yes! See it again. No double team help, and B takes it right to the rack. And B, step back, jumper. What's going on, everybody? Got a brand new episode of the Feed to Embiid on the eve of the NBA season. That is for the Sixers, at least. This is Tuesday. It's a little bit before 7, so the NBA games and the season itself are kicking off the next hour or two. But that does not mean that Sixers basketball starts tonight, starts tomorrow. So here we are. I have my, my good buddy on the Sixers beat, Kai Carlin here. Kai, where are you right now? New Orleans. New Orleans. What, what hotel are you staying at? I'm staying at the Residence Inn. I'm in the French Quarter. So, uh, Look this, at this, you. This, this, this is kind of cool. I can't lie with you. <laughs> Where are you going to go to eat tonight? Dude, honestly, I think there's like a I'm, – I'm so hungry that like I'm about to settle for like a subway that's like a block away. Like I'm starving. So I, I don't know, man. Well, where's Keith? Uh, I think he's on his flight. Okay. So I guess to say you, you probably won't. We probably won't wait for them then. Yeah, I'm not waiting, dude. They, they they have they have a layover. They gotta go to Charlotte first, then they come here. Like, no, I'm already here. I'm hungry. I'm going somewhere. There you go. All right, and then tomorrow, I guess you go. Uh, you go out for like the beignets or whatever. At uh, I'll have to try those. I'll have to try those. I've heard they're incredible. So I'll have to try. The, the, listen, the team. The team's got to shoot around in the morning at Smooth the King Center. So maybe on my way over there. Make sure that whatever you do. You don't in you don't in, inhale as you're eating them because they come with a lot of like a lot of powder on them. You got inhale it. that powder, you cough. So got it, like, got it. Trust me from experience. Um, anyway, uh, Kai, uh, just another normal day um, in Sixer world today. <laughs> today, Ben Simmons uh, is thrown out of practice for failure to participate in a drill, or in other words, I guess failure to comply with a, a directive from Doc Rivers because Doc, according to multiple reports, says get in the drill, sub in. He says no. He says get in the drill. He says no. He says I'm leave, go home. He leaves. Um, so here we are. It's another an, 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 another situation, um, another effort by Ben to just create discomfort within the organization. It does it at a time when the cameras are close by, the reporters are close by, because that's the best way to get information out there is to have it happen fresh on the minds and then, you know, have the reporters come in to see it immediately afterward. Um, Kai, does anything change in this scenario? Does anything about the context, does anything about the situation change at all? No, he doesn't want to be here. <laughs> this, like, this is the thing that, like, I've been trying to, like, really push this across to everybody Ben Simmons don't want to be here. Uh, and, and you know what? Like, it's just like the Sixers, they, they brought him back. I, you understand why they want to do so because he's one of the top 30 players in the game. They're obviously a better team with him on the floor than off. Um, there, there's, a, there's a lot of things that he can do to impact winning without scoring. But it's just it's frustrating to really look back on all this, Austin, because if the dude would have just dunked in game seven, against a guy who was a whole foot smaller than him, I don't think we would be sitting here having this conversation. Like, I'll be completely honest with you. I don't think we would. 
and uh like this is, this is a very frustrating situation all around um i feel like if you're the sixers <coughs> excuse me if you're the sixers you have to just get rid of him at this point i understand i understand daryl moore's thinking but at this point like you need to get rid of him you need to get some type of value in return the thing is though after malcolm prog did reset you know signed his extension with indiana that takes the pacers off the board so I, I don't I don't really know where they go from here. It's very frustrating. It's it's annoying. It's stupid, and uh, we'll have to kind of see what their next steps are. But I, I'm I'm gonna say that they got to get rid of them like as soon as possible. Yeah, I gotta tell you, I I'm kind of in a different boat. Um, I've always been in a different boat. I, I think this is kind of like this is kind of what the Sixers should have expected. Um, I mean, this For is sure. what, this is, how, this is how star players who are disgruntled get what they want. They make a big fuss um, and, and they make teams uncomfortable. The, the thing that, that Ben Simmons and, and Rich Paul have run into is that the Sixers are not com- commande- or commandeered by, um, by, by you know, uh, people who are weak. They're, 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 they're led by strong minds who understand what the Sixers are trying to do. And I think for that reason um, – they have played this perfectly really. And I think they're like, you know, they hold out a little longer and they will, um, he, they'll, they'll, he will play. And, you know, he's the one the, the, the what they have to convey is that he has one option. His option is to play well enough to get traded, to play well yep. enough to, to up the, up the price. And so far they're like teetering on the, on the doorstep of that. And I mean, if they send the message, look, you can you can play and you can just stand off in the corner and do nothing all you want. We're not going to trade you until you start to really like play up to what you what we know you can play as, because at that point, that's when your value will go up. Um, now, with that said, I understand people like well, like they want it to be over. I personally don't care either way. I, I think it's a, I think it's a it's just a fun situation to cover. It's always something. Um, now. I, I, I think they, this every every day that something new happens, it should be another encouraging sign that, okay, we're getting to Rich Paul, we're getting to Ben, because they know that they're trying they, they're, they're, they're trying to execute their last their last uh, plots before they're like, we got we just gotta play because there's no the, the, the sixers aren't falling for it. Yeah, it just it's at this point where like Simmons is under contract for four more years. I'm not really sure what he expected. Um, Doc has repeated that a couple of times. So, you know, obviously there was that report by ESPN's Ramona Shelburne when they talked to Ben. They were like, listen, you were under contract for four more years. We expect you to show up. Now, if you don't, you're not going to get paid. It's that simple. Um, again, I'm not sure what Rich Paul and Ben really expected because at the end of the day, uh, when, when you sign a contract, you are obligated to play for that team and provide your services to that team um, and if you don't, you're not going to get paid. It's just, it's simple. And the fact that Paul didn't see this coming is baffling to me because it's not like Rich Paul is stupid. You know, Rich Paul is a very smart guy. And the fact that he didn't see this coming, I think there was a report. I think the report was from Kyle Newbeck who said that Paul and Simmons camp ever overall didn't expect the fines to be this high this early. And uh, just that was baffling to me. I was, I was like, what are you talking about? Like, this is your job. So I agree with you, Austin, when I when you say Philadelphia has all the leverage. 
because at this point, like they still want to hold out for an, a legitimate star and as they should. But it just in my opinion, I don't know how much longer you can keep this situation going and still kind of maintain this whole positive, good vibes atmosphere that they maintain that they are having at the moment. Because Simmons, it, it just he seems like a guy who just wants to disrupt things. He wants to just throw a fit, throw a tantrum until he gets traded. And um, and I feel like that can eventually cause a rift and a lot of problems within a team. Yeah. Um, so I think all of that is avoidable if you have the proper communication. Like if you're not communicating as a team and you're not, you know, pulling MB to side saying, hey, look, I know you're I know you're pissed off. I know like it's hard to hold the locker room together. We have a plan here. Like you know what the plan is. We need you to, you know, hold hold, you know, you and Tobias and Danny and whatever to, to hold this all together um and keep going. And I think if they do that, um, you know, they're going, you know, they, they can they can with they can, you know, withstand all of the controversy. I mean, all all that really is going on here is that it just it creates a little bit extra work and it creates a little bit of discomfort, but that's all that this really is. Um, it might cost you a couple of regular season games in the first part of the year, but you know, that could also help because if teams think like, well, Philly's 500, why are they 500? Cause Ben Simmons is playing like Dookie or he's not playing at all. They, you know, they'll be like, well, maybe we underestimated his value. And then suddenly the trade value gets a little higher. Um, but I don't want to harp too much on the situation. I just think the people are like freaking out about it and like they're going off the deep end. And I'm thinking, I'm sitting here like, guys, this is all like very obvious. Like, like, well, it, it's, it's, it's obviously it's obvious to the point where like Ben and I think you alluded to it earlier with the cameras there. This is a, um, like this is just a ploy for him to just get out of Philadelphia as quickly as possible. Um, this, I, I really don't feel like this is actually Ben normally, you know, like, I feel like this is just kind of him be like, yo, I'm just going to throw a fit until, um, you guys get me out of here. And I don't know if that's necessarily Simmons. I feel like, I feel like that's maybe advice from like his camp, like, like maybe Rich Paul was like, yo, throw a fit or, or maybe that was, um, a close friend or a close family member or something like, yo, throw a fit. Cause I mean, listen, I, I've covered Ben his entire career. Ben is not a guy who reacts this way. You know, this is not like a normal Ben Simmons move. Um, like, like, like even, even when he's frustrated, like, like he's, he's spoken out for sure. Like he'll be like, yo, I mean, come on, but he won't legitimately cause like a huge distraction. Like this is like, like this has been, this doesn't really seem like his type of move. So I'm interested, like just, this is not, obviously this isn't anything I'm confirmed or anything. This is a, just an educated guess. Just it doesn't really seem like this is uh Ben period. Like I feel like this is just kind of you know somebody influencing him. Do the aggregators get that? That Kai Carlin is reporting that this is not from Ben. <laughs> yeah, really, I, yeah, please don't do that. Like, <laughs> like this is not a report. This is just a an educated guess from covering the dude for a couple of years. It's just, yeah. this, it doesn't seem like a Ben Simmons true move. Yeah. I me. think I, I don't think a, a person who is thought of and has been widely widely reported to be so like i guess soft in some ways i don't think he would have the desire the comfort level to like do this himself you know yeah, yeah he's a he's a chill dude like like he does he, he's not one to like really like cause such a huge 
yeah. a huge distraction, a huge mess like he has been. Like just it doesn't make it doesn't make much sense to me. Um, yeah, no, I agree. So Kai, we came here today really because we wanted to discuss ten not so obvious predictions for the Sixers this season. Um so basically we've seen a lot of predictions. Everyone has their cake, everyone has this, is is that, but I want predictions that are not necessarily so obvious. Um, and I will let you start off with your first prediction. Before that, CJ says, do you think Ben blindsided Daryl and Doc? Because reports, I, 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 I don't think they're blindsided by this. I think they're smart and I think they've experienced, they, they've seen how the situation plays out before. I don't think they're blindsided by this at all. In fact, I think they probably expected this to happen. Yeah, I think they expected it because he's a Ben is a star um, represented by Rich Paul, and you know, like there's a lot that goes into that situation. So, um, I think they expected him to just act out a little bit and try to force his way out. Like, so it's not like this is anything new, you know. Like, and also, Doc says it all the time. Um, I've dealt with this before. It is what it is. We pick ourselves up and move on. Right. All right. Now, Kai, start off with your with your first prediction. Any order you want to go, tenth to first, first tenth, whatever. Your 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 least, uh, if you want to go, your your least obvious or your most obvious, whatever you want. I actually did not like put together like a list. That's kind of came up with ten things off the top of my head, and uh, I'm going to say Jaden Springer plays in at least fifteen games uh, this upcoming season. Okay. Why is it is it 15 games because they just get blown out or they or they blow other team out and it's just like 15 garbage time games? Or? I'm gonna I'm gonna say five of them will be garbage time. The other ten will be like they just they they have to throw them out there because uh, they they need they need bodies. Like, <laughs> that 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 is gonna be my prediction because listen the Sixers are like the most injury prone team like ever like every year so like so. I have a feeling Jaden Springer will, will pop up a little bit more than like what we expect, basically. I love it. I love it. All right. That's kind of like I, I don't, it, it's in the same boat, but my Jaden Springer prediction is that he plays a total of 12 NBA minutes with the team. Oh my God. I don't know about all that. <laughs> the, rest of, the rest of the time he is in Delaware or on the <clears throat> You he and I have a lot, but only 12 NBA minutes? I don't think so. You and I have watched that kid play, and we've yeah. th- th- there is not much about him right now that it says uh, says NBA ready. No, he's definitely raw. Like he's got like a lot of work to do. Like if we're gonna be completely honest. Like, but I like the kid's build. I like the way he um he, I like the way he battles defensively. I like the way he um, puts the ball on the floor. I like his shooting form. I like him a lot. So. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say a little bit more than 12 NBA minutes this year, and like I feel like that's the number that's excuse me, it's a way too low. Okay, I will say his jumper, his mid-range jumper, is like weirdly feathery. Like it just yeah. it hits the rim and it just goes right in. It's a very bizarrely soft jumper. I don't get it, but we'll take it. Um, I'll I'll go next. Joel will play 62 games. I did the research on this. Um, that actually would not be a career high, I believe, which is shocking. And then believe his career high came um, <laughs> actually in 2018, 19. 
Um, but 62 games. Um, and why? Because I just feel like with all of the craziness and all of the chaos of, of, of that has been this offseason, all the drama, the, there will be something that kind of goes right or that like goes better than expected, and that'll be Joel's availability. I'm going to say Joel plays in 68 games. Wow. Okay. Why 68? Because you can just tell the dude wants to win. And I feel like that he understands that he has to be – he has he's got to be a, a little bit more of a leader this time around rather than um, he has been in the past. And, and I feel like he's noticed that in training camp. I, I feel like he's noticed that to be in, in practice and in, in the preseason. Um, it, it doesn't matter. I need to do more. I'm going to lead this team, uh, especially everything that's going on with the Ben Simmons thing. So – Unless he gets hit with like a catastrophic injury, I, I'm going to say Joel plays 68 games. Wow. Okay, I like it. I like it. Let me ask you this: You go next. Um, what is your prediction? Matisse Thybul shoots 36 percent from deep. Wow. Don't think I would go that far, but okay. What's your What's your rationale? That's going to be. It's a bold one. Like it's not like it's not like it's anything. Um, you know. It, that, 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 that's like easy to predict. It's a bold one. But I, I feel like Matisse kind of realizes that he does need to add this damn three-point shot to his game. And I think in the second half of the season last year after the All-Star break, you kind of saw him begin to take steps forward as a three-point shooter. It, it wasn't like he was like a sharpshooter by any means. But there were games – I think there was a stretch of like five, six games where he shot like something astronomical, like 52 53% from deep, and he was taking three attempts a night. Um, it was like a four or five game stretch it was, or six, something like that. The point is it, it was a small sample size, but you could tell that he was beginning to take, take steps forward with that jumper. I feel, also feel like playing in the Olympics and being around guys like Patty Mills and Joe Ingles and, um, and guys like that just kind of helped him prepare to help him understand that he needs to be a little bit better in this situation. So I'm going to say Matisse ups his three-point shot a little bit. I do have a Matisse prediction slash take. Uh, I didn't include it on my list, but my prediction slash take is that we see a lot more trade buzz involving Matisse towards the end of the year. Because they're going to have to make a decision whether they want to extend him. And I don't think it's such an obvious case that you extend him because like, yes, he's an all NBA level defender, right? Mm -hmm. Um, and like yeah if he just gets the three-point shot down like sure okay but if like we we're going to be going into the year three he's going to have immense opportunity this year more so than i think you know he even expected or they would even expect um and if it doesn't come around this year like okay what's like what are we to say like who why why should why should anyone buy that it's going to get much better like maybe this is just what he is it's just a a zero on offense essentially yeah and a, an all-world nba defender I, I don't know i look at matisse like i feel like he's got the offensive capabilities just he's got to be able to kind of put it all together like okay. like the jump the jumper it like looks weird like on paper but it looks smooth to me i like it so okay i mean i i, I think with the team built around Joel Embiid, yeah, you have to like prioritize the spacing element. 
over the yeah. wing and, element. And I think like if you if there's an opportunity to like take a, to, like to, like maybe we can sign a guy that is a lesser defender but a much bigger plus offensively. That's something I would consider instead of Matisse, and maybe a team out there overpays for Matisse. Possibly, um, I will. I will say this: uh, one of my bigger predictions this year is that Isaiah Joe takes Shake Milton's um, rotation. Yeah. Spot. yeah, yeah, that's 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 a common one um, that I, I agree with because I, I think uh, I don't know um, with Shake. Now I just love Isaiah Joe. I think Joe is going. Oh to yeah, he's, he's he's a good dude, and he's he's good he's good at ball. Um, let's take a look here. I'm going to share my screen real quick. Tell you guys about my friends over at the King at Cobra. Hopefully this works. <laughs> oh, this is awkward. <laughs> let's take a look. Where is this? This is great podcasting stuff right here. Oh yeah, for sure. Where is this? Why would this happen like this? I'm actually watching the Milwaukee Bucks ring ceremony right now, and the rings that they're giving out to the Bucks are mm-hmm. just incredible. Mm-hmm. That's right. Do you like shotgunning beer? Do you want to increase your shotgun time at parties? Check out my boys at the King Cobra. King Cobra is a shotgunning tool that makes the perfect shotgunning hold under a second. Also a tab puller, vent puncher, and all fits on a keychain. For more information about the King Cobra, you can check them out at the King Cobra Co. That's the King Cobra Co. on Instagram. Um, use the you, use the code trust the trust the process. To, uh, wait, I forgot the code. <laughs> trust the Cobra Ten, all caps, all one word. Pick up yours today. All right, now that we're done that debacle, that that was horrendous. Um, oh boy. <laughs> wow. Um, my next prediction is going to be Furkan Korkmaz is traded by the deadline. And here's why. I think. I don't know if that's bold. It's like, it's Furkan. You know what I'm saying? It's like so. Like... So here's why I think it's bold. Because, like, yeah, they all like love him and they all say that like, he's great and like. You can't stop. They're they're, they're furcon. They're furcon crazy. What they are, <laughs> um, and so, yeah. um, my reasoning here is that contract is extremely tradable, and yeah. I think he could be an asset for some teams and like a bigger deal. And for that reason, I think it, it's it isn't so like it, I, I just think it's an easy trade chip to include there um, if if the deal, the deal materializes. I'll do you one better. And this is also something I've been thinking about as well. Isaiah Joe plays so well that he pushes the Sixers to think about moving Danny Green and giving Joe more minutes. Is that sourced or is that like a, just a guess? No, no, this is all predictions. This isn't, no, this is all predictions. Okay. All right. Um, we'll talk about that a little private, a little privately, but okay. Um, Okay, it's a good one. What's your yeah, name? I mean, listen, I love Isaiah Joe. Like, I think Joe is is uh, the way – I thought preseason was just, like, a, a great for him. Now, preseason isn't real basketball, so it's one of those things we kind of got to take with a grain of salt. But Joe was able to just do an, an incredible job of moving without the basketball and finding open spots out on the floor uh, and then putting the ball on the floor, creating plays for others. That's huge for them out on the perimeter. He's also a good defender. 
Um, he's putting on weight. He's understanding how to play NBA basketball. Just I think Joe can be a starter in this league for a long time. So, okay, you can be a star in Philly right now. No, in this league. Oh, in this league. Oh, yeah, for sure. I think he can. Okay. okay. Um, my next prediction: Paul Reed will break the rotation late, <laughs> late in the season. Late. I'm not. I'm not a Paul Reed guy. Interesting. Okay. Listen, well, I, I understand. Everybody loves Paul Reed. He's B-ball Paul energy. But like, I mean, I don't know. I like um, unless he unless he really understands how to play defense at this at this level, like like on a full scale basis, understanding schemes, rotations, things of that nature. And then offensively understanding that he can't just take the ball and just shoot every single time. And he's got to be like he's got to move the ball and, and, you know, actually play NBA ball rather than, you know, go one-on-one every single time. Um, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm not like a huge Paul Reed guy. That's just me. I love his energy on the boards, but that's it. Okay. okay. You also have to remember, Austin, like, Andre Drummond's ahead of him. George yeah. Neeling is ahead of him. Um, obviously, Tobias and Joel are, are ahead of him. So, I mean, like, 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 that's four guys in the rotation ahead of him. And right now – you got Andre Drummond on a veterans minimum deal, and I'm not a big Drummond guy, but in the role that they have him in, just come in for 20 minutes a night and just attack the glass. That's the perfect Andre Drummond role. And he like he like there are gonna be a lot of nights where he's gonna have double doubles off the bench because that's just, that's just how he plays. And then Niang, Niang is gonna be a very sneaky, sneaky good addition. Like I, I love the George Niang addition. So I just okay. I don't see how Reed get gets playing time over either of those guys. Okay. I, I think I, I agree with you because I just don't see that they're like a serviceable NBA skill. He's, he's okay at a bunch of different things, but not, not like, not like must have in any, in any yeah. one particular thing. That's the, that gonna hurt him. Um, even though he's a fan favorite. Um, now give me your next prediction. My next prediction, uh, prediction, Maxie's obviously going to be the starter. You know, Shake is out. We don't know about Ben. So, you know, Tyrese is going to probably start tomorrow night, you know, against the Pelicans and moving forward. Uh, I, I think the kid is – he's so explosive going to the rim. Um, he's terrific around the basket. He understands how to finish. Uh, I believe that he's going to hit somewhere around 34 to 36% of his three-point shots, which will be a huge improvement. Um, I, he's going to get to the free throw line. He's not going to be afraid to shoot at any moment. Uh, cough, cough, Ben wow. Simmons. Um, I, just, I, I love Tyrese Maxey's game. I think he, I think he can. He's going to. I don't think he's going to average it right away, but there's going to be like a certain point, like in like December, where like he's just he's going to figure it out. He's going to flip. He's going to switch, and he's going to like just go off. Like I, I feel like that's the kid is that talented and that smart, and and he's got that type of work ethic. I like him a lot. Okay, I think Tyrese is going to show promise. I think he'll have a steady season because I think he's just such a, a talented finisher around the rim that it, it like, like even if the jumper comes and goes, he'll be able to leverage that speed and that dynamic like finishing ability around the rim. That I, I think that'll 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 stay no matter what. But um, I don't think he's going to take the big jump. I think he's going to be somewhere like you know twelve to fourteen points a game, um, and you know is 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 like a decent playmaker. Um, but he'll have his moments where you're like, I can see it. 
I can see it. I mean, I can see that as well. But just like I feel like Max, he's going to I feel like he's going to have to score more because a lot of people are going to be like, OK, well, Tobias will just have to score 26. And it's like, no, that's not Tobias's game. Tobias would rather get his offense within the flow of things rather than him going out and getting his own buckets. And I feel like Maxi can do that. So be interesting to see. Okay. My next prediction, and I only have five left. My next prediction, uh, Tobias Harris, speaking of, takes a step back. I don't have a reason why. I just have a feeling he just takes a step back. I, 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 I feel like we might have seen his peak last season and i think you know not the best athlete out there um it has the knee injury that's lingering or the knee soreness that we should say that's lingering and i just have a feeling that that it's like slightly lower efficiency and it's like 18 points a game i don't know if that i don't know if that's like so bold i mean I, I, I like I think Tobias can actually maintain what he did last year. I don't know if he'll um, improve on it, but I feel like he can maintain it at least. I don't know about taking a step back. Um, I okay. I mean, I, I can see it like a little bit. My next one, uh, I think Seth Curry will average sixteen points a night. Oh, I can see that. I like that. That's a good one. That's a really yeah. Good one. And, and also, he's going to take at least six threes a night too. He took four point nine last year, I think. Yeah. So I, I think he will boost that up to around six, six and a half. He'll probably have games where he has like 16 in the first quarter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think so too, for sure. I mean, because if the preseason was any indication, um, he's not going to be afraid to pull the trigger on any shots anymore, thankfully. So, yeah, I feel, I feel like, you know, Seth will average at least 16 a night. My Ben prediction. Okay. The situation will improve. Enough where it'll be at least tenable, at least to the public eye. However, he will be traded before the 2022 calendar year starts. I I was I, now here's my here's my bold Ben prediction because I, I think I've got three left. Um, this is one of them. Um, I think Ben plays in at least 25 games and then gets moved. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll see. I have January kind of as the uh, the target date for me. I, I kind of have like maybe the first week of January. Ben gets moved, but I can also see it happening in December, Austin, because that that is you know obviously when more of the league will become available, you know, from uh, free agency contracts and, and things of that nature. So I can see December. Um, I will say this: if he makes his debut on Friday um, against Brooklyn, that happens. At home. <laughs> also, also, here is my here is my official Ben Simmons debut uh, pr- prediction. It will be Sunday against the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> on the road. They, play, they play in Oklahoma City on Sunday, right? Yeah, it's in Oklahoma City. Yeah, no, that that'll definitely be the game for sure. Yeah, because because the there's only going to be like two media members there. I'm not going to Oklahoma City, so you know it's there's only going to be a couple media members there. I feel, I feel like he's going to play that game. Okay. My next uh, – what's your next prediction? Oh, okay. So I've, I've got two left. I predict that there – that I, I actually liked that one. But I, I predict that George Niang is actually going to average somewhere around like 9, 5, and 4 off the bench. Okay. I can see that. 
I mean, he could hit like three threes in a quarter, and that and then that would be it. So yeah, I can see that for sure. And and then I also think he's going to average like five rebounds. So average somewhere between four to six assists. I feel like I, I love the Niang addition. Like I feel like that's such an underrated addition that nobody's talking about. Um, like I feel like he's going to play such a huge role in Philadelphia's success this upcoming season. Yeah, that, that just to me, like, and then everybody's going to look back at the offseason and be like, damn, you know, that George Niang addition is huge. So I, I love Niang. I think he'll average nine, five, and four. I don't think he'll shoot somewhere around 44, 45% from deep. Okay. My Niang prediction is that he hits a game winner. And I don't mean like a oh. buzzer beater. I don't, hit, I don't think it'll be like a buzzer beater, but I think it'll be like one of those 19 seconds left. They're coming down. They're down by one or two points. And he hits just like a quick pull three. And you're like, no, no, no. And then it, it's one of like you're like, oh, yeah, wait, it went in great. Oh, yeah, I can see that. And, see that. and they, like, they call a timeout, and they, they have their defensive stand, and it works, and that's it. So it's a, he hits a game winner. Um, I, I can see it being either on the road or at home, but I, I think he's going to hit the I could see that. I mean, listen, I feel like he's just, again, he's going to play a huge role, like, in this team's success. He will. He's going to be a sneaky good addition that nobody's really even talking about right now. All right. My second and last prediction I'm high on Isaiah Joe like you are. However, I am not that high on him. I think he's going to have a high volume of threes, but I think he's going to have two extensive slumps shooting the ball. I think he'll ultimately shoot like 33% on threes, but he'll shoot like nine per game. Okay. I don't like that one. (laughs) (laughs) Why? Because, like, I feel like if he's going to take nine threes a night, he's going to hit at least 40% of them. Okay, maybe it'll be like two of like two of, of seven or two of six, something like that. So that, that's about 33%. Um, all right, your last take or your last prediction. Okay, I don't know if this is a bold one, but I am going to say that Joel Embiid wins MVP this year. Yeah, I don't see it. There's no way. There's no uh, I, I think he will because, l- listen, he would have won MVP last year if, the, if he would have played more than 51 games. Like, if, if Joel played even 63 games at the 72, Joel would have won MVP. And I'm predicting he plays in 68 games this upcoming season. He's going to have to do more offensively w- without Ben. He's going to have to do more defensively. He's going to have to do more on the glass and things like that. And I feel like he's going to have this a monster season. Um, the Sixers, even if they finish as like maybe a three seed in the East or something like that, I, I, I feel like Joel will do enough this year to win MVP. So I, li- I like Joel Embiid to win it this upcoming season. That's my official poll this and last, excuse me, prediction. Okay. I think it's a narrative-based award. And for that reason, I don't think he'll, he'll win it because I just think that there's not a, a big Embiid narrative going. Um the Sixers are going to win 45 games this year. Oh, just 45. Um, they'll have a stronger second half than first half, but just 45 is where I'm leaving it at. I I can see that if the Simmons situation doesn't get fixed sooner rather than later, like like if the Simmons situation doesn't get fixed, let's say before the 2022 calendar year, then yeah, like I'll I'll, I'll say 45 games. But if the Simmons situation gets fixed in November or December, then I can see him winning, you know, 50, 51, so something like that. Because they still have Joel. They still got Joel. Mm-hmm. Okay. Kai, plug your stuff. 
Uh, you can always check me out at SixersWire.com. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Kai underscore Carlin. And also you can always check out the Bell Ringer podcast over on Apple, Spotify, SixersWire.com, wherever you get your podcasts. You can go ahead and check that out over there. And any podcasts coming out soon? Probably one tomorrow. All right. All right. In the meantime, yeah. I need to find something to eat. So. All right. Well, he's Kai Carlin. You can find me on Twitter at NBA Carl. I cover the Sixers for the Painted Lines. You can find me. You can find us both on Twitter where we cover the team. Kai, as always, my friend, thank you for uh, for stopping by on your way to eat in New Orleans. Don't get caught in the gumbo. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try not to. I'm going I'm I'm to try not to. I'll, I'll have a report sometime on Twitter. <laughs> right. All right, buddy. Take care. Love you, Austin. Thank you for having me on, man. Later.